deep in the heart of Central Texas, it's the Best of the Outdoors podcast. Brought to you by Texas Fish and Game Magazine, the voice of the Texas outdoor nation. I'm your host, Dustin Von Warnke, author, outdoor writer, videographer, blogger, speaker, and podcaster. And I'm so excited that you took the opportunity to join us today. Thank you so much for listening and tuning in to our show. Today, we are going to talk a little bit about kind of a recap of ICAST, and that is the big fishing show that happens every year in, um, well, it depends on what state it's in, but this year it was in Orlando, Florida, and um, we had a lot of fun. A whole team of our editorial crew went, as well as us folks that live in the advertising realm went, and uh, we had a lot of fun. And I'm going to interview my buddy Chester Moore, editor-in-chief of Texas Fishing Game Magazine, on the podcast today to um, kind of recap some of the things that we saw, some of the highlights of the show that we thought were really interesting. So here's my interview with Chester Moore. So I'm on the phone with Chester Moore, editor-in-chief of Texas Fishing Game Magazine, and uh, we're just recapping ICAST. Yeah, man, you know, ICAST is an interesting show. Um, you know, you have not only all of the major tackle distributors you not only have uh buyers and media you have you know uh you have everything from kayaks nowadays to gopro cameras it's a real comprehensive show and a great way for someone in my position to go look and see what trends in the industry are right and has has you've been to icast how many years now would you would you would you count I've probably been about nine years now, something nine like years. that. Okay. Have you seen it change a lot over the years? You know, I have. I really, you know, it's interesting. Of course, the biggest obvious change in technology, uh, the technology of the a lot of the equipment out there is just mind-boggling. Things that nine or ten years ago was science fiction is now something that's commonly in our tackle boxes. You know, a prime example would be some of the stuff I saw with Livingston Lures. I mean, they're putting sounds out in these lures, multiple sounds. There's a Bluetooth-accessible lure that you can change sounds on the fly with Bluetooth here, and it was absolutely, it was absolutely crazy to see this stuff, you know, there. But it's real, and it's it's like something that maybe I would have dreamed of as a little kid, and now it's like in our tackle box. It's it's next level technology, right? Absolutely, yeah. Wow, that's great. And, um, you know, we also saw a lot of, um, like, portable sonar companies, didn't we? Yeah, I mean, there was a company called uh, Deeper out there and just different stuff. And, and that kind of goes into something that really fits into what we do at Texas Fishing Game. For a long time, we've been focusing a lot on bank fishing, surf fishing, kayak fishing, land, and basically po'boy accessible fishing. <laughs> and... um it's really cool to see that people will be able to have sonar accessible from fishing from the bank, be able to GPS and mark spots and all of that kind of technology. It's really, really incredible. And uh, I think those things, uh, I'm not sure how big of a hit some of those are going to be, uh, but I think if it does take off in a market, what we're seeing now is just the tip of the iceberg. Yeah, it's great. I mean, I, I've said a lot on this podcast, Chester, that this is the golden age, you know, I mean, we complain about things, you know, the weather's hot or politics or whatever the case may be. But I mean, this is like the golden age of fishing. It just keeps getting better and better. That's what I think, at least. Yeah, it's it's really, really interesting in terms of the equipment, you know. Uh, but the thing I, I like to see is I am seeing a trend of a lot more focus on surf fishing, a lot more fish focus on bank fishing gear. 
Um, I mean, companies like Daiwa, who are known for some pretty, you know, some pretty technologically amazing stuff, are having uh, focused on some surf fishing rods. I mean, you saw the same thing with Eagle Claw, with some very, very affordable surf fishing rods. Uh, I got to spend some time in Europe fishing in 2005 in the Segre River in Spain for those beast steroid-infested Welsh catfish. And um, <laughs> They're you know, huge. You know, Chernobyl escapees, you know. And, um, <laughs> seven footers, my wife and I, by the way. By the way, hers was seven pounds bigger than mine. I have to say that because she would call your podcast and correct if I didn't tell you that. But, uh, I love it. I saw a lot of the gear with some of the distributors out of Asia and Europe who are there. Basically, they're trying to sell to the Academy Ports and Outdoors, the independent tackle shop. A lot of, like, we wouldn't know brands, but a lot of stuff like uh, rod racks for bank fishing, not not your typical rod holders, but a rack where you'd set four or five rods out vertically and fish, you know. Um, a lot of that kind of stuff, you know, the, the bank fishing sonars, the drones for taking your, your lure out from an Israeli company that we talked to. And I, what, what, it, what it shows me is that a lot of people that can no longer afford boats uh, or maybe just want to get into kayaking or something like that, are uh, the, the industry's taking note of that and responding with really, really good gear for those people who are landbound. Absolutely. And I was even noticing on some of the kayak trends, you know, there's ways to put your kayak in reverse with just a snap of a, of a switch um, or a pull-up yeah, of, a, yeah, of a lever, exactly. that kind of stuff. You're seeing these innovations, and it's great because, you know, you take a college student or something, and these college students can't uh, – you know, obviously, most of them you know, have a huge student debt. They can't go buy an $80,000 bass boat. Right. You know, uh, that's why we're seeing, you know, like in Lake Fork, there's going to be a world championship kayak bass fishing tournament. Um, all of these kind of things are trending toward what we've been working on at Texas Fishing Games for at least the last decade is honing even more. We have every kind of fishing information available in the lone state, but... We're really putting a lot more on the kayak, a lot more on surf, a lot more inland bank fishing, both fresh and salt. And, uh, you know, take the Eagle Claw. They have, you know, 14 foot surf rod for fifty nine ninety five. That's great. You know, I mean, I mean, it's, it's crazy to see some of that stuff out there like that. So that was something that really jumped out at me because uh, it was a year where I walked in and went, well, there's a lot of cool text. Right. Yeah, even like feet for bank fishing that have rod holders built in them and just a lot of that kind of stuff. And that, that was something I really haven't seen an iCast as much as I have this year. Okay, wow. No, that's great. So, I mean, the trend is going towards making fishing more accessible for more people. Is that what I'm hearing? Yeah, and if you even look at what's being done at the, at the, at the, at the state government level, Texas Parks and Wildlife right now is investing a lot of money in catfish. Because what they're finding is that catfish are very popular with inland fishermen, particularly people with fish from the bank. Yes. So they're working more investing stock in catfish in urban lakes and ponds and all of these kinds of things. So we're actually seeing it all of these different kinds of levels. Um, you know, so it's not just the industry. It's even like the, the governmental branches of what's going on. And, and that's a great thing. And that, that's just one thing that I saw. But to me, that's very hopeful because at Texas Fishing Game, we always want to have presenting fishing information for everybody, whether they're sitting on the side of a, the, uh, the road with a cane pole and a white bucket fishing for brim, or whether it's somebody out in the Gulf of Mexico fishing in the big power catamaran for blue marlins. Right. Yeah, and that's great. I mean, I love that our magazine covers both so well, you know, um, and has that kind of 
you know, depth to it where we're not just, you know, centered on people with boats, you know, we have that kind of, um, you know, uh, interest in, in, in bank fishing and kayak fishing and those kind of things too. Well, I'll tell you what was interesting, you know, one of the things in Texas is obviously we are experiencing a bass fishing renaissance. I mean, it's, it's unbelievable what's happening. A with renaissance. All right. Yes. Yeah. A bass fishing renaissance. Yeah. And, um, it's pretty crazy to see what's happening now with this, you know, and uh, I, and I say that because you started seeing a few years ago, uh, Keith Combs won the uh, Toyota Texas Bass Classic for the third time. Right. Okay. And when he did this, he broke it with the level of record breaking that he did was absolutely insane. It was well over a hundred pounds. Wow. Uh, the, the biggest, the biggest weight ever in history for that format. And, um, it, it really showed something about something uniquely Texas. And then you had, uh, Lake Falcon producing the last two years, Bassmasters ranked Toledo Bend, number one bass lake in the country two years in a row. You have Sam Rayburn's been in the top ten, I think, for the last three or four years. Right. Uh, you have all these lakes that are producing not only share lunkers, but lots of huge fish. You know, share lunker gets a lot of deserved attention for producing those, you know, highlighting those 13 pound or better fish, but, Louisiana does something interesting. They own half of Toledo Bend. Yes. They have a 10-pound lunker program where, you, you know, you bring the fish in, you get a replica, and they tag the fish and release it. Well, they've had, like, 200 of those fish brought in this year. So there's a bass fishing renaissance in ICAST this year. We talk to all the bass pros. Everyone we talk to, we ask a question about if you could fish in Texas with one type of lure, what would it be? Right. And the first thing was they were all excited about talking about fishing in Texas because how good it is. And you can see literally the industry responding with colors that are popular in Texas with a lot of stuff. But I saw so many crankbait variations, more crankbait variations than ever. And then after we reviewed the videos, we saw that over 50% of those anglers we asked, we're talking about everybody from Rick Clun to, um, you know, you name it, to uh, a newer guy like Hank Cherry. We're saying crankbaits. Yes. Where they're playing. I expected 85% of them to say jigs. Yes, I did and too. Probably 70% did say jigs. But uh, it was it was interesting because even a couple of them even said, oh, in, not, if in Texas, it would be a crankbait. <laughs> and I think we saw that with uh, a lot of a lot of stuff on the market right now. Oh, that's great. That's great. So crankbaits are are the go-to bait now for for Texas according to a lot of uh, a lot of professional bass anglers. That's great. You know, um Pure Fishing, which is a parent company, if it's Berkeley, actually, the company that will put it out, they have a crankbait hitting the market that is um, about the size of a normal bait that would crank down to 12 or 15 feet that goes 25 feet. They've they got the size way down. Wow. Most of the time, you look at something like your XD, your 10XD from Strike King, it's the size of a, you know, it's huge. Well, you know, uh, Berkeley has one that is, I think it's called the Dredger, that goes just a lot deeper, but it's it's it got the size down a little bit because throwing a crankbait all day can be very tiresome. Yes. Your crankbait will be. Yes, it can. So, uh, and and this basically was, was responsive to what was going on at places like Falcon and Toledo Bend and all of these lakes. So um, we're seeing Texas. What's happening with bass in Texas drive the market on hard saw plastic bait. Interesting. So they're paying attention to us here in Texas, right? <laughs> yeah, man, absolutely, you know, and uh, it's a huge fishing market. I mean, the bass thing is huge. And, and then you look at the saltwater side of things. You know, honestly, 
on the saltwater end this year, I didn't see as much innovation. Of course, you can't innovate something earth-shattering every year. Right. You know, it's just not going to happen. But what I did notice is that for years, you could literally take uh, a company that made freshwater lures and soft plastics and hard plastics, and then take another one that made saltwater lures, and the realism on the freshwater end was so much better. Right. It kind of left it like, you know, you know, halfway paint jobs in the saltwater. Now, I'm seeing what I call final approach technology, where you have the paint jobs and everything done and the eyes and everything placed in such a in such a way that hyper realism in a lot more of the soft plastics and things that are being used for uh, and also hard plastics for saltwater. And that continued this year, and uh, it was it's really cool to see that. And you know. Where I live in Sabine Lake, that's not that important because the water's fairly dingy. But when you get down to Lower Laguna Madre and places like that, you know, you're fishing out the jetties at Port Mansfield. You got clear water. You know, you may be trying to catch a snook down there or one of those big, uh, big speckled trout. You need some stuff. You need some stuff that is going to really uh, have an uber realistic look. Right. Right, you want something that's going to be that's going to fool the fish to thinking that it's real, not something that's just going to be halfway there. Yeah, you know, one of the, the companies that's been running with us, and I've used their stuff for years, P-Line, won, um, won, won in a category this year for their fluorocarbon. Uh, they have a, a fluorocarbon that's, that's been proven to be super, super, super invisible in the water. The thing about fluorocarbon is it has um, the, basically the same refractive property as water, so it doesn't really show up in the water like a monofilament would. Um, and so that's something I'm seeing more marketed towards saltwater, you know, because right. uh, I've seen a lot more, even fluorocarbon and stuff marketed towards saltwater, not just on the big stuff. You always have been seeing that for years with the offshore market, but for the inshore, seeing a lot more of that because um, the, the, the saltwater guys are catching up on the tech, you know, in the industry. What happens is a lot of people don't realize this. Most of the fishing industry in terms of manufacturing and leadership is based in the North and Midwest. True. Um, I, I saw, I see that too. Yeah, so a lot of those guys are like, you know, they haven't paid as much attention to the salt water. They got products, but now they're seeing, especially in places like Texas, where we have 800,000 licensed anglers that are fishing on the coast, you know, they're seeing incredible uh, number of purchases for stuff, and they're, and they're realizing that these, these saltwater guys will be as savvy on buying gear as the freshwater if they have the opportunity. Right. If they, if they would just, exactly. If they just had the opportunity. Yeah. And so that's the company's responding to that is what I'm trying to say. Right. Yep. Absolutely. The market's driving that. That's great. I mean, that's great. Like I said, it just keeps getting better. You know, <laughs> that's the joy of this. So no, that's great. Well, I'll tell you what turned the innovation in my opinion on the saltwater market happened about a decade ago with gulp, Berkeley gulp. Right. I remember going down to, um, Rockport to field test gulp with the inventor, one of the inventors of gulp, John Crocknell, and some other people um, from that company. And I remember reading the packaging, you know, and I'm like, eh, it works like a lot of bait. Well, I went behind the dock and cut one of those gulp, early gulp shrimp up in small pieces. Huh. I thought if it works like live bait, I'm just going to be able to put one of these in the bottom and catch like a hardhead or something right. without moving the any action. Some kind of trash uh, fish, right? Yeah, and I lowered it down, and before it got to the bottom, I had about a you know uh, a piggy perch about the size of my hand. 
That's cool. I pulled it back up, and two or three fish later, did the same thing. So, you know, I think that show, because Gulp just took off. It's now like a standard edition in the saltwater tackle box, you know? Right. So um, I think that really started pushing innovation for uh, what we're seeing. So I'm seeing a lot of bright things ahead. I'm seeing a few companies realizing they were overpriced. You know, we talked to some companies out there. They have a lot of technology. They're taking their own hits, their own cuts to make sure they can get things to a price that more people can afford because of what's going on in the steel economy. Right. So um, overall, I'm seeing a very healthy, thriving market, especially for Texas, in saltwater and in bass fishing. That's great. I mean, that's 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 great that the pricing is, is getting to where you can afford it, and then it's also being more, you know, being marketed to more people where everybody can get involved in it that wants to. That's the joy of it. I really think yeah, so. Yeah, and, and like we talked about saltwater with like the, you know, but it's not just saltwater bank fishing. It's also uh, fishing for catfish in the rivers, sure. alligator gar, and a lot of stuff that a lot of people do. So uh, all access is still having that technological factor. And, um, you know, that's something we're all proud of, the needs of Texas Fishing Game, myself, and, and, and everyone part of the magazine. Yes, um, we are. All the writers are that we are for everyone. We want everyone, whether you're deer hunting in East Texas on national forest land, or whether you have a South Texas lease that costs you ten grand, we want to make sure you have a better outdoor experience. And when we went to ICAST, our eyes were trained on things that were for everybody. Right. Right, that were that were all inclusive. I guess is the right word to say. Right. Yeah, because it'll be easy for us to go and just get as much free product as we want to get. Right. That's the way the industry works, and that's how we field test, you know, and and make it all about us. But that excludes a lot of people. So we want to be able to do all of the above and make sure everyone has access to great information. So their time on the water, which is sacred, the time in the woods, which is sacred, sure. can be enjoyed to the maximum. It is sacred, you know, all of us that work hard and especially even at this magazine, you know, that work hard, it's it's hard sometimes to find time to get out and hunt and fish as much as we'd like to, but it is sacred time out there and you know, this these companies are really making the best of the best, you know, use of that time, you know, I think. So, it is true, man. And you know, uh, I don't get to spend as much time in the water as I like to, different things I got going on in my life. Um, and I I just feel like I'm let to say this, you know, um if you have a choice between going to your little girl's soccer game or going fishing, always choose the soccer game. Yeah, I say that too. You know, always spend time with the family. That's right. the most important. But when you have a chance, plug your family into your outdoors. Right. And then make sure you're geared up and have the right information so that your the trips to the outdoors are a lot more productive. Absolutely. That's perfect. I mean, that is that is spot on, sir. Anything else well, to add, Mr. Know, Chester? You know, um, it, it was a lot of fun. I always enjoy that show. Any place I can talk to Rick Clun and my, my, my friend Rick Clun, you know, and uh, or a guy like, um, you know, Robert over at Livingston is an inventor, innovators in the industry from, you know, yesteryear in terms of their beginnings to still participating like Clun now or people like Robert who are inventing lures or the people over uh, like John Prott now who are part of that gulp thing. But I can understand where all this is coming from, it, it makes me excited for the future. And look, we can write in the magazine and on the website all day long about how we went outside in the clear, calm waters of Toledo Bend <laughs> in the Gulf of Mexico, and the sun rose over the horizon. And man, I love God's creation. I love that. I never take it for granted. But we, I can, I can get up a lot later and go through a lot less experience 
thin to experience that kind of thing. When we get on the water, we want to catch fish. Right. And we want our readers to catch fish. So with the videos, you'll see at fishgame.com, all things you see, no, it's all about you catching more and bigger fish. Right. That And that was our whole goal going into this show, wasn't it? Yep. Yep. How, how is this going to translate to catching more and bigger fish? Right. You know, um, someone sitting in front of a camera and saying, well, it's got, you know, uh, copolymer, carbon fiber, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. That's okay if they can translate to what, how, why that works. Right. But at the end of the day, the angler wants to know, is that rod going to help them stitch a crankbait more effectively? You know, is that lure going to um, lure in that big speckled trout that they've been swimming past, you know, lure past and never getting a bite? That's what it's about. That's what it'll always be about for us. And um, it's an honor and privilege to work in this industry and uh, to be here doing this with Texas Fishing Game and to be on your podcast. Well, thanks so much, Chester, for your time. I really appreciate you taking the opportunity to, to talk with us today. Thanks, Dustin. Stay wild, man. Well, as all of our interviews go, that was a fun one. I have not done a phone interview in uh, quite a few months. So I tested all my equipment this morning before I got on the phone with Chester to make sure everything was working correctly. So um, thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did, uh, talking about Texas fishing and what Texas is all about as far as saltwater and freshwater. And we have a lot of great companies out there. A lot of them advertise in our magazine and on our website. And, um, you know, I definitely op- invite you to take the opportunity to check that out and uh, and see what some of these companies are up to. We didn't talk in detail about too many companies uh, specifically, but I really think what's going on in the industry is exciting and it's in- inclusive to everyone who wants to enjoy fishing, you know. And uh, ICAST definitely was an eye opener this year for me. It was my first ICAST show to go to, so I kind of got to see what it was all about. But it was an amazing show and I uh, had a great time. And uh, everybody that went from our magazine just had a blast, so we really appreciate it. Um, Feel free to check out our August issue of the magazine. It is getting ready to hit stands pretty soon here, here in late July when I'm recording this podcast. And we have a really cool cover and a lot of great content in there. And then we have a special section for hunting at the end of the magazine, the back of the magazine, called a special section uh that we write editorial on and we feature advertisers that are specific to hunting and um and those kind of things so that's something to watch out for in our magazine this uh month of august that's coming up so anyway thank you so much for watching thank you so much for reading thank you so much for listening thank you so much for tuning in and uh checking this out and have an awesome day in the outdoors Mm -hmm.